Hello, and welcome to the Jackson City Social Club, a podcast that focuses on sports, music, and interesting topics with a connection to the DMV. That's the District, Maryland, and Virginia for you out-of-towners. I am your host, Taylor Cranwell, and on today's show, we will be chatting with Christian Rodriguez, a native of the DMV and a professional soccer player. Christian spent time with DC United's Academy and was signed to CD Fast, El Salvador's largest club, as well as the Tulsa Roughnecks of the USL. On today's show, we will discuss his history as well as the struggles and life of trying to make it in professional soccer in the lower divisions. Finally, we chat about the status of the U.S. men's national team. As a quick editor's note, in the beginning of the interview, I am actually asking Christian about his time traveling with a Belgian club over the winter, but he misunderstood and thought I was asking about his time with the Tulsa Roughnecks. So without further ado, let's get on to the interview. All right, so Christian, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's my pleasure being here with you. I'm looking forward to it. Great. You made it here all right through all the traffic in the D.C. area and whatnot. Yeah, I know the traffic is always difficult, but, you know, it's every D.C. native knows if there's not traffic, it's not a, a normal day. So gladly made it here on time. So very happy to be here. Understand. Understand. Well, listen, I, I kind of told uh, the, the listeners what to expect in the intro. So I'm just going to go right into it a little bit. So where are you currently right now in terms of, of your status with the team? Okay, so right now with my status with the team, uh, so I'd finished my contract. I had a contract with Tulsa Roughnecks of the USL. They're uh, a second division team in the US. And so I had a one year with an option and uh, so did most of my teammates. Um, so what happened was we had a really bad season. We didn't qualify for playoffs. And with not qualifying for playoffs, the coach decided to wipe the house, as they say, and just not yeah, resign clean anyone. Clean yeah. house, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, so right now I'm a free agent and uh, no, just right now just looking for a club and, and just with the grind of a, being a pro soccer player that's unemployed at the moment. So the last time we chatted, and for the listeners, I think I mentioned this in, in the intro that I met Christian in the gym when he was actually rehabbing uh, from his Tulsa Roughneck uh, experience. And we've been sort of in touch ever since and I've been wanting to interview him for a while. So um, he told me, you, so you were, you were over in Belgium recently yeah, trialing. Yeah. So what was the name of the club? I have it written down, but I'm sure I'll, I'll mess it up. Even though I lived in the Netherlands for, uh, for almost three years. Wow. Uh, and I spoke a little bit of Dutch. I'm not sure. It looks like a Dutch club or a Flemish club. Yeah. Um, yeah. from, from the title, but how do you pronounce the, the team? So there were two teams that I spent time with. Okay. There was, uh, the first one was Kave K. Tienen. Mm -hmm. And then the other one, which was a third division club was called FC Dender. FC Dender. And where yeah. was FC Dender located? Uh, the city's name is Dender's. I is, can't pronounce is it. Is it near? How, is it's it, uh, north of Brussels. North of Brussels. North so of Brussels. you're definitely up in the Flemish yeah. area. Yeah. Is it close to Antwerp or? Uh, I think you know? in, between, in, in between that city and then the other city, the other big city. I think it was like right dead Bruges? center. Bruges? Yeah. Okay. Right Club in Bruges. the center. Yeah. That's where, uh, what's his name? Mr. Horvath. Yeah. Ethan. Okay. Yeah. An old teammate of mine. All right. Well, yeah. actually, I was going to get into some yeah. of those questions. So, um, so, so tell me about it. So, so the experience when you tried two different clubs, right. both of them were in the third division or one second division? One was in the fourth division the fourth and the division? other one was in the third division. Okay. So with Kave K. Tienen, I was brought over by a scout. His name is uh, Patrick, I uh, can't pronounce his last name, let's just say K. Um, <laughs> Patrick he, K. Patrick K. And uh, no, he's a, he's a scout for the Belgium national team. He works with the youth national teams. I was able to connect with him through an old coach that I had, that I had when I was at Lee Mount Vernon. Uh, he's kept tabs on my career and he recommended me to him. And so I went over on trial, uh, with Kave K. Tienen, which is the fourth division club. Cause he wanted to see, uh, what was my level. So he took me to a lower club to see, okay, can you, are you good enough? Because he has a very high reputation as a scout. Mm -hmm. He's a scout for Manchester United, big time scout in sure. Belgium for Stadliers and, he, he took me to work one day when he went to scout for the U16 national team. And so he's a real deal. So he didn't want to risk his reputation. So he took me to the lowest club possible. Understand. Understand. And that's understandable. So I went there uh, to Kave K. Tienen in a small, 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 small town in Belgium. Mm -hmm. 
I looked them up online. So yeah. I saw their little stadium and whatnot. Yeah, it's, it's very small, very nice feel to it. It, got, it reminds me of the Netherlands, but yeah. no, it went well. I was I'm there. sure the field was nice, though. Oh, yeah, very the, nice. The, the very fields are nice so turf. awesome over in Europe. It was beautiful. It was the environment, the smell. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's, it's a nice soccer culture. But yeah, it went very well with them. I The first day, it was just... I come from playing in the second division in the United States compared to the fourth division. And, and yes, they have good players. They have a different type of player, but it was just the level that I was at was much higher. I played in a sure. game with them and it, I scored a goal and I had an assist and I just was, uh, it was a the level was a little low. And in, in could terms, you see that people were impressed when they, he, could they see it the, after some point when you would get the ball and, and take it, they, the, the defense would sort of back up a little bit, give you more space. Cause they knew, you know, you were something, a, a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's, it's definitely like being there. They were kind of shocked. Like who, why is this guy here? Or who is this guy? And, and, and the, the coaching staff was just, uh, they were all in shock and, after that, the director came up to me and he was like, hey, we, we, we were very interested in you. And then Patrick, you know, explained the situation. Oh, I have him here, you know, to just a trial and I want to see what he's got. So then I went to FC Dender, was there for about a week uh, because he also scouts for FC Dender. And there it went very well in the training sessions. Now that level was a much, much higher, but uh it went good and they were very interested right now the transfer window is is closed so i can't sign right now but they told me to come back for preseason that they're very interested in me and if they see what i saw then it it looks like i have a high possibility of signing would you say the level's still lower than than the usl or would you say it's it's more equal in their third division over there oh in their third division it's definitely more uh technical more uh in terms of it's a different brand of soccer they're really good at doing the little things really well and here in america it's i think it's more physical more athletic but in terms of uh quality of play and like the overall quality of the soccer the the third division team had a much higher uh I would say technical level. Sure. But it makes it harder in the USL with how physical it is. So do you, I mean, do you, I'm sure you are well qualified to move on up even higher than that. But would you say at the, at the third division over there, is that sort of a level you think you're, you're better than, or just comfortable with, or, um, or, or a way to help improve you to get up to the second or or first divisions even over there? I think that's a good question. I think I'm a little bit above that level, to be honest. Uh, I think it's a good start because it gives me uh, exposure in a in a European market, in a European country. I've talked to many scouts as well, and they tell me that they recommend me to to go to that club and, and do well, and then it could be a good uh, stepping stone for me for later. So I think I'm at the I'm a little bit higher than the level from what I saw and what I felt, and I you know I hope that if I go down that route, that I think it would be good for me. Well, it's it's good to have confidence. Yeah, I mean, it certainly is. You got You always have to be confident. I, yeah. I I'm just getting back into soccer right. uh, after uh, having two years off on knee yeah. uh, uh, knee problems. Certainly not at the level you're at. But when you go back in and you sort of if you have a bad touch or whatever, right. And you go, oh god, I hope I don't screw up again. Right. You know. And then if it happens again, you're even more down. And you're like, uh, I, yeah. I need to go practice more, or whatnot. Even though deep down inside, you're kind of like, I know I can do this. Right. I don't know why I screwed right. up and why it's now a mental game. It's in right. your head. Right. So that makes sense. Yeah, it's good, but it's good to be confident and and to maintain that confidence. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, no, for sure. For me, one of the things that helps is I'm the same way as you. If I'm having a bad touch, and I think a lot of players are like this, once they have two, three bad touches, it's pretty hard psychologically to recover from that. So I think what helped me was my preparation and, and just, you know, it's, it's just, I feel those guys train, you know, four times a week. I come from an environment where we're training six times a week and, uh, we'd have a game in between the week and stuff like that. So I think I, I don't know. I think from a, I think I was a bit more prepared than they are, and I've just played at a higher level than a lot of them have. Because a lot of them played at a high level when they were in their youth academy. But I, I just it, it's it's how I felt. Like I'm a very honest person too. If sure. I felt yeah, if it. I felt oh my it was a little tough, I'd be like oh man it was a little tough. But I felt confident because. I think the style suits me much better than, you know, a USL style or. Sure. So I I know, I I know you, I actually, I found out you were over there from running into your wife at the gym. Yeah. yeah. Over in Belgium, I'm like, well, I knew he was probably going, but how long were you over then? So I was there for about three weeks, about three weeks. Okay. Three weeks or yeah, two weeks and a half going on to three weeks. Yeah. 
so were you able to catch any other other things over there? Were you able to catch any games over there? Yeah, I was uh, able to. I was uh, staying in a, a different city than uh, when I was there for a bit in Tienen. I got to watch uh, Saint Trouden. Saint mm-hmm. Trouden. It's a it's a first division Belgium club versus Kaa Gent. Okay. And so it was a playoff game. So it was a very intense. Yeah atmosphere it was good i mean the level honestly is very technical and it suits my style but i just think they have a lot of uh they're very soccer smart over there sure and i think it's it's very different than mls and usl they're just good soccer players not as athletic but they emphasize on good quality high class soccer so it was good to watch i think think like most people know it's a lifestyle over there yeah here it's still sort of something that's it's it's a sport it's a big sport but it's not something that kids just grow up you know consuming right. on the television and 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 then on the fields and whatnot so right you know it's funny i maybe a, a discussion for another time but i'd love to get your thoughts at some point and not now but the the different levels of you know the, the leagues over there because i know you know you would say the dutch league seems to be better than the belgian league even though they're right yeah. next to each other and they're relatively the same size as far as the countries go and whatnot but how right. come one league seems to have gotten better and brings in better players i know it's a lot about money yeah and whatnot, but the belgian <laughs> leagues tend to just be a little bit behind that yeah so even though as you said they're at a very high level and yeah obviously when you get to that level though there's a lot of small finite things that separate for uh, sure uh, the, the teams and whatnot um so let me. Uh, I was going to actually ask if you had, had seen an Anderlecht game, and Mr. Nahar oh, is also from this area. Yeah, no, unfortunately, no, I couldn't catch an Anderlecht game. Um, but uh, the scout that I was with, he told me, you know, oh, he he said, oh, you have a little bit of Andy Nahar in you. He said yeah, a little bit. <laughs> they all they all know him. I'm yeah, they know yeah. him pretty well, and and so they, they tell me that he's injury prone, but he's had a tough injuries over there. Yeah. But they say he's definitely proved that he can be there. You knew him, didn't you? When you're during your DC United game, I played against. I he would come down when in the off season. He would come and train with us, and his bro. I played with both of his brothers. He has a. Uh, he's got two brothers, and I played with them uh, for the two years that I was there. Yeah, both so, of them. So before I'm, I want to jump into your history yeah. in a second, but before we do that, let's jump. I know jump back over across yeah. the pond here, so to yeah. speak, to the U.S. And what other? So you did some other trials. Yeah. Uh, over the last several months, I, yeah. and I know with some teams, but go ahead and share that with the listeners what what those teams were. So uh, in January, I had a uh, invite only uh, trial to. So what they invite only trial is where they'll select the club will select players that they're interested in looking at and forming part of the team. So they'll have a week where they'll bring a select group of players in for observation. And so they brought me in uh, North Carolina FC, who has a. Uh, um, the old national team coach David Sarge Sargent, I think okay, his name maybe. is. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, so it was. Uh, I was with them for a bit. Um, then after that, they only uh, needed. They were only looking for a center back. That's part of the things that. Yeah. They only uh, got two center backs, and then I was with uh, Loudon United, DC United's uh, affiliate team, mm-hmm. for about two three weeks as well. And no, with them it was just. Uh, it was a tough one for me because it's I'm a hometown guy, but it was just a very difficult situation in for a player in my stage in my career and in for what they're also about and what they stand for and what they're trying to accomplish. It didn't it didn't suit well, and uh, I decided to take the Belgium opportunity, though the coach still wanted me to come back for the next week for possible more observation. So it was a okay. it was an interesting situation with with Loudon. And didn't you also go with the Richmond Kickers for a bit? Oh, uh, no, I, at least... I did not. Oh, okay. Yeah, I wasn't able to go with uh, Richmond because I took the Loudon opportunity. I was okay. supposed to, but I went with Loudon instead because I got a call the next day from them. So let me ask you this. You um I've seen your videos. I I look at some of your yeah. compilation videos and they're great. And and you know from from some of an amateur soccer player who watches a lot of soccer. And I feel like I kind of, I, I understand it to For a certain sure. level. You know, you're, you're very tidy on the ball. Yeah. Uh, and you obviously have good skills and good passing skills, especially out of the videos. And I've only, I've never seen you play live, right, right. but I've seen the videos and, and it, you know, what do you think you had? I mean, I ever, I know each coach is looking for a different yeah. uh, thing, but um, in some of these circumstances, do you think you had a fair shot? Do you think they, when they brought you in, they already had people in mind and they were, just, they, they, they dismissed it? Or what makes a coach sort of pick one tidy player over another? You know, I mean, and, and, yeah, and any, any thoughts on that? No, that's a phenomenal question. I think this question is one that I think needs to be addressed in, in many levels of sports, but in the soccer industry, it, it is all 
it's like uh, a coach. I the best way to describe it is a coach picking his favorite food. I would say, you know, it, right. it, it's 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 either he li- it's preference. I think it's it's very difficult. A lot goes to in who's the agent. For example, this is a lot of things that I I didn't know about. Uh, for example, if the if the agent has a closer connection to the coach, then that player has more sure. of a of a upper hand. Not saying that it's given to him, no, but it gives him that upper hand. Is it the the agent because of uh, just that that he trusts the agent's judgment, or is there a monetary uh, you know payback or something that might also go into that? There, it's maybe he has a better relationship. It, it, the agent has a good relationship, and the agent brings him good players. And so, okay, maybe there's a, maybe if he, maybe that agent can also help him get a better job in the future. Things like that come into play, but it's always preference. I've seen guys in in, in soccer. It's it's always like this. There's times where in my career where there's been coaches that love me, but then there's been coaches that don't like me so much. So. It's all preference. Sometimes you come into a club and the coach already has the idea of what he's going to uh, use you as, and sometimes you don't know that. Maybe you think you're going in to start, but the coach signed you to be, uh, you know, a, a coming off the bench guy so, here yeah. and there. And yeah. so it's tough because he has his philosophy and he wants to do everything to make that philosophy work. So it's all what the coach has in mind, what his idea is, and it's it's preference. Sometimes it's very tough because coaches want what they're looking for or someone that reminds them of themselves as a player. Certain things sure. go into into play. It's a very well, difficult it, process. Having been a U.S. national team since I was born, fan, US, f- yeah. fan of the U.S. national team, and, and it's still hardcore and probably more now than I ever <laughs> used to be, I, I am sometimes baffled by players that are brought into the national team oh, yeah. and, and irritated at some that are left off you know, the, the list. And I... And, and I, I I listen to a lot of soccer podcasts and I read a lot, you know, and I, and I, and, and, you know, you, you sort of follow what the, you know, not everybody on a podcast is an expert, but a lot of people have very good opinions or, or a lot of more former players are on podcasts right. and whatnot. And then you hear, you know, that some of their frustrations with like a player that continually gets called in who you can't believe actually is yeah. making it, who just doesn't have the quality, but what is it that the coach sees in him? I mean, a great, I'll be honest with you. Uh, but during Bob Bradley's time, yeah, um, I thought Jonathan Bornstein was like his Achilles heel. He <laughs> he seemed to love Bornstein. Yeah, and I, to me, I thought he was. I mean, he's a great soccer player. On all accounts, he's better than than ninety nine point nine percent of the yeah. soccer players on the, on the earth. But when when you get to that level, he yeah. was. I don't think he had the talent. There was something missing. I think talent was part of it. Maybe it's the soccer smarts. And there were several times I'd see him just completely screw up and whatnot. Yeah, but. Um, you know, I'm not. I think he's. I don't know him personally. He's probably right, a super right. nice guy, and I know yeah, he's going yeah. to have a successful career. But I, w- I always thought he was sort of the Achilles heel. Yeah. And, and another time, I would. I, I'd even talk about the USA Mexico game, which they lost, which I think came down to possibly Bornstein taking the place of uh, well, Chirundolo. Chirundolo, yeah. Hurt. You know, we were up two nothing, and we lose four to two, and most Yikes. of the goals came down Bornstein's side. So I remember that. So it, it just. Um, it's tough. It's it's frustrating. So, um, but. But yeah, going back, I, I know I just jumped in there and took over for a second. But oh, it's good. But um, you know, it, it getting picked and whatnot, you know, for the team or, or yeah. getting, getting signed, it's got to be frustrating when you think I can do this. I don't know why I'm not getting picked. And that was one of my questions. Do you, um, when they let you go after the trial, they say, "All right, well, you didn't make it." Maybe, I don't even know. Do you get a handshake or do they say anything or do they just not get no. a phone call? So or how does it work? The process works like this: like at the clubs that I've been at, and the times that I've, uh, for example, with uh, North Carolina, they were like, "Okay, we'll send you guys an email. If you guys don't get an email by five o'clock, then check out of the hotel that they put you in." And yeah, and then you're on your way. You're on your way out. It's so I, I guess what my question or further to that is. It would be nice if they tell you, yeah. here's why you didn't make it. Right. Or here's what we would love to see you work on for maybe another right. time here or something. And that's what the agent does sometimes. The agent goes, your agent okay. or the person working on your behalf to get you in the into the club uh, speaks with them. And then they say, hey, listen, the truth is they needed center backs. Right. Thankfully, with uh, with uh, Loudon, I was able to have a conversation, a full conversation sure. with the coach. And, and, and so, I mean, the thing with Loudon that was uh, DC's affiliate and their B team was that a big factor was my age. Uh, so what they're trying to do with the team is uh, they're trying to have promote young, right. younger than me talents. And right. I, I consider myself young in soccer, yeah. but 
You're, awesome. you're t- wait, 22 now. 23. Right? 23, okay. 23. Yeah. And, I mean, it's it's not super young, but it's not super old either in the soccer world now sure. that things are changing. But, no, their their goal is they want to promote the players from the D.C. United Academy. Yeah. The coach brought in the veterans already before. Which you used to be in. <laughs> yeah, which I used to be in. So now it's like what I see in a lot of guys from my generation that were in the academy, we didn't get the opportunities that now they're getting. We're ha- happy for them that they're getting these opportunities to have a USL team. But, um, no, it's just they're looking to promote the academy guys and – a lot goes into what people don't understand about soccer is budget. Budget, too. Sure. It's more, um, it's tough, and it's hard to look at a guy that has pro experience and say, you have to make the minimum USL wage compared to uh, a guy that's never played, and you give him just the starting wage. You yeah. know? So it's, it's, it's a lot that goes into it. But, I mean, I think there's teams that have the integrity to speak to, and there's guys that are the teams that just don't say anything and it's it's ruthless sometimes so uh well let me go a little further with that or at least on the discussion of trialing so what was there anything that you found the most difficult or what is the most difficult thing you face when you're trialing with a team like when you you see this repeatedly because you've obviously been on several teams is there something that sticks out like this is the worst part uh yeah the the sometimes you know whether the coach brought you in because he truly wants to give you a fair shot or if he brought you in because, why not? Let's see. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sometimes they respect the agent, and they're like, "Well, I, I, well, I deserve. It. Okay, I'll just give him a shot. Let me see." Or sometimes they'll bring you in to, just because they want to have a, for example, for an invite only trial. They're, oh, let's make this as competitive as possible. Right. So if you have pro experience, like, okay, let's let's come on out. Come on out. Or they think yeah. they just bring people in for bodies to help play exactly. to see to see who the other guys are. Do you, yeah. well, you you actually it's one of one of my questions do you think you got a fair shot at some of those oh, clubs oh yeah no for sure i mean with yeah. uh with north carolina i wouldn't say it wasn't a fair shot i think it's just what they were looking, looking for, for it, right and it's it's that's what they don't tell you either is is they've got uh you know about 40 players that come in mm-hmm. for observation and they don't tell you that they're looking for these these positions i mean they're they saw it's sort of like an obligation for these teams to bring people in but with Loudon, it, I for sure do not think it was a fair shot on the fact that, you know, they chose many players that don't have any pro experience and they overlooked a lot of players that sure. had pro experience that were in there. And so, but then the mission and the vision of the team isn't to maybe per se sign the guys that are the best, but what they're trying to do is develop guys that maybe in the future can potentially young players that can be first team players. So they're trying to also use it as the guys that don't get minutes on the first team to come down allowed. And so each weekend, four or five players from the first right, team right. drop down. And then they've got youth academy players that drop down that don't need to be signed on a contract. They can be on an amateur contract. And then the coach before the preseason signed 10 guys, his 10 core guys that mm-hmm. he knows and, and has experience with. So it works like that. It's It's not a fair shot sometimes, but... I've I've seen that when it is a, f- a fair shot, you know, things most of the times work out, you know? Yeah. Okay. Well, that yeah. makes sense. Before I, one last question before I, I jump into the history a bit of, of, of Mr. Christian Rodriguez. Right. Um, what, uh, so is there anything you walk out of these, these trials? I know you said you may get signed with the Belgian team. Right. Uh, which was the, th- what was the third division team? Uh, FC Dender. FC Dender. Right. Um, uh, I should write that down, but yeah. I, I will. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, what, is there anything you think you need to improve on to, For to sure. really lock down a slot? For sure. I think a lot of times in this career, I think in trials, it's it's very difficult because it's like it, everyone's on uh, – it's, it's three days or two days or one week to show everything. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it goes to – at this level, I feel every professional is at the tip-top shape as they can be there. As they, they, they bring all that they have. And then it all goes back to – okay, what does the coach want? And it's simply preference. And it all goes back to, I've seen guys go on trial and I've seen it at that North Carolina combine. There's a lot of players that went to that. And now I see a lot of them are signing in even bigger clubs, you know, Mm -hmm. or other clubs, you know, or it always happens or you go to one combine and uh, then you don't, then, then you make it somewhere else. It's all preference. I think one thing that I do have to work on, work on though is, uh, for these is honestly is not going to these trials honestly i think i think that's a big one because it's so difficult at these trials because 
you're playing with guys that you know are coming out of college or a different type of guys and it's just like everyone's on steroids it's like yeah. everyone's not passing the ball it's just it's it's right. very it's hard very, it's they're they're very selfish they yeah. want to, they want to prove that they're the superstar right and, yeah and it gets very sloppy very uh, gritty and it's like i think when you're with the team now that's much that's different and i think when i'm with the team the thing that i need to improve on is is just uh just show show my best show my best and, and just you know score goals score more goals and, and show that i have because you can never cut a goal scoring player you know and so i think the thing that I need to add in my game is the finishing department where I'm, I'm getting in positions to score more because then if you're scoring, there's no, there's no debate. There's no, there's no, there's no one can say no to a goal score. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, Christian, let's, let's jump over to your history a bit. So, right. um, as I understand it, you, you, uh, you were at the DC United Academy. Actually, let me jump back a little bit. So you were born and raised in this area yeah. and as i understand went to hayfield high school did you yeah did you play for hayfield at all no unfortunately no. i never got to i just, wish blew that aside a lot of people say high school soccer isn't worth playing that's what people say but then i've heard a lot of people saying it's it, it's a positive thing to do but you know i don't know um i'll defer to you on that no for but, sure it's it's something i'd regret i mean i i was too busy with dc academy right. and i wanted to keep my spot and i couldn't balance both so you you were at the dc9 academy yeah. what, what age did you go in there so it was from 14 to 16 yeah and then i came back uh when i was 18 as well to play one last year with them and after. did they kind of recruit you into it or did you have to sort did you go i want to try out for them or i don't know how does that work even oh so at the time i was recruited because i was one of the only players in the area that were playing in the u.s youth national teams okay. so it was uh, they were trying to get me for a long time and i didn't want to make that step yet but i thought it was the right time and so I, I you were playing it. in the u.s yeah I, yeah i was playing i grew up playing in the under 14 and under 15 u.s wow uh, youth national team okay yeah. Yeah. so you played with some and you're 22 so you did you play with people who are currently on the national yeah team? A, a lot of guys that come in and out like for example ethan uh the goalie um Horvath. Horvath. Yeah, yeah 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 uh paul Ariola. okay yeah um russell canals that was in the camp russell, yeah um who else is on the starting 11 uh matt biazga as well okay. i played with him as well okay well that's awesome uh zach stefan the yeah. goalie as well um who else is out there um um not with not with any i played against christian pulisic when he was much younger okay but um yeah other than that those are the only uh well we'll get we'll get back to some of that right, in right, a second yeah. but I, I so so you you went on to dc9 academy for yeah. two years it sounds yeah. like it's 14 to 16 yeah and then you went to groningen yeah at 16 okay. i went which, to groningen which I've been to Groningen, so I, when I was living in the Netherlands, I said earlier, I actually went up there for a, a night or a weekend or something, and I, I noticed, it, first of all, the Netherlands is, is a pretty awesome country, yeah, and yeah. every little town is cute. You know? Yeah, and it is. Groningen it is. was no exception. Right. And I, I was, you know, I remember being out pretty late, and I do remember at two in the morning, there was such a buzz going on yeah. in the town, but a fun buzz. It yeah. wasn't like obnoxious or anything, but just people out, a lot of canoodling in the yeah. streets, kissing, and little couples, you know, whatnot. But yeah. Uh, they do have a pretty, you know, uh, premier team, Essing Groningen. Yeah, I know. Uh, but you were on the youth system there. Yeah, is that what yeah. it was for them? And yeah. So I was on their U seventeens, U nineteens, and would get reps and friendlies with their reserves at time. Okay. And I, how uh, was that experience? Uh, it was for me the best experience of my life. I, it was a tough decision because, with that decision, I left everything behind in the United States for that. You know, I was doing well at DC United Academy. The director was promising me, you know, maybe you can come out to some training sessions with the first team and play reserve games. Mm -hmm. All these things were being promised to me. But, you know, I went to Groningen in the summer for preseason and I did well. And in doing well, they asked me to join their youth academy. And so I, I came back. I had to do paperwork stuff for six months before I, I went back to Groningen. But it was, for me, the greatest soccer experience because in on my teams there were about about in the in a roster of 21 players about 12 of them 13 of them play professional at the moment right so it's so it, you were at a good level i mean you a, certainly a level it pushed you i'm sure yeah it was a great level it pushed me and i got i've always wanted to be a pro soccer player so i feel like i it was like university yeah. it prepared me for my yeah. career the best without way possible without a doubt and so then after that you came back and we're with dc United again yeah or, yeah okay. i came back uh Actually, I came back and um, I was with Carolina uh, Rail Railhawks. They were NASL. They were NASL yeah. at the time. Okay. So what happened was I, I signed on a amateur contract, 
And so they'd provide for my housing, but you know, I was just training with the first team as a 17 year old. Sure. And it was good. It was a great experience for me, but you know, I never got to play a minute in the first team. Yeah. Yeah. So it was tough because of, you know, seniority and, and, you know, coach right. was, didn't trust putting in a 17 year old at the time. So it was very difficult, but it was, it was nice to, okay to be a part of that squad. Well, that's cool. I mean, it, it's it, that's cool. I, I you know, I, I have a lot of props for the NASL. I wish they yeah, were still around. <laughs> me too. It was a great league. So, and then so uh, you 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 were with FC Fredericksburg, right? Yeah, that, yes. in the NPSL. After that, is that correct? Yeah. Or? So what happened was that I went to DC, and then after that, actually, I was I went to DC United okay. after being at Carolina Railhawks, and then I went back into the academy, played there for six months. And then um, I actually went clubless for a year. Okay. In the beginning of my, I didn't even. It's got to be frustrating. It was After the worst all that success. Yeah, it was the worst. It was the most. It was really bad because you know it, it was just anxiety, fear, just yeah. disappointment, all of these things. Have I done all this for nothing? Exactly, yeah. and and no one gives you your oh. shots. It was tough. It was yeah. tough. So, but okay, so then. Then after that, you 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 did go to Fredericksburg, to Fredericksburg right? yeah. In after the that, NPSL, yeah, a league that my heart goes out to because I actually tried to bring an NPSL team wow. here to Alexandria, yeah. and that's one of the reasons we actually started chatting as well. But um, <laughs> here I am doing a podcast yeah. instead, so we'll see. Maybe another time. Maybe. <laughs> um, but how was the NPSL experience for you? So the NPSL experience was really good. There was a, a really good coach by the name of Grover Gibson. Mm-hmm. He was one of the only Americans, one of the first Americans to play in, in Germany. Okay. And he played in the Bundesliga and played in the lower divisions there. So he bought this team, uh, FC Fredericksburg, created a club there. And, and, and I'd go to Fredericksburg every morning to train. Yeah. And it was really good. And you said the training was really, the, you said it was really top notch. The training was, uh, to this day, one of the best trainings that I've ever been to because it was competitive. It was, we had great grass fields. It was, it's just like a German setup. Everything yeah. you learned in Germany from all those years of playing pro, we just implemented to what we would do. That's good. That's good. Well, I, I, I think Fredericksburg may have folded. I'm not sure. Recently, uh, yeah, they but, did. I which is sad. Did. Yeah. You know, I, I want the NPSL to succeed. Uh, we, and for we, a topic of a discussion another time, obviously the pro rail right. one. Yeah, but uh, and then I say then then you went on to probably in some ways one of your most successful areas, which was CD Fast. Yeah, right? yeah. Okay. So for those of you who are not familiar with this, this is the largest club in El Salvador. Uh, I had to look this up a little bit, yeah. but it, and and Christian told me a little bit about it, but I did see some some videos and and read about them a little bit. So they're quite a big club, yeah, forty thousand seat stadium, which yeah. looks like it gets full fairly often yeah um so what was that like i mean that must have been a whole new experience for you oh that was incredible and it honestly my time with the mpsl set me up for this because i i knew that i was going to go on trial in el salvador to save my career i knew that i needed to do that and was it an agent that set that up or how did that um it was uh an old uh an old player for them which was a youth coach for me he used to work for uh springfield soccer Mm -hmm. and he he's always been trying to get me to go back home to play i played on the under 20 national team so they knew me a little bit and they needed uh in el salvador they had a law to promote youth development where they needed each team had to play one player under 21 for 45 minutes each game yeah so they always needed a player starting okay so they were looking interesting so, so teams were very strategical and they're like okay we need to get the best player that we can get that's under 21 because we need one and they so they don't want to feel the difference that there's a young player out on the field so they need like they're looking for top 20 under 21 players so it was i went on trial with uh el salvador's ex um national team coach Uh, he's a peruvian uh, alberto castillo and he's known he's one of the most successful managers in el salvador's history so i came on trial and him right away he, he loved me right away sure um, it was tough at first because there was one coach that didn't want me. The two, the assist, the head coach and the uh, and the fitness coach was like, "Yeah, this guy," because they vote. And that's right. how they decide. And then right. the one, the assistant was like, "No, I, I don't think he's ready." But I mean, but you proved him wrong. I proved him wrong. I proved yeah. him wrong. And so it was really good. It was good. I Foss was so I signed there. My first contract. It was, it was about I was nine, nineteen, going on to twenty years old. So okay. It was, it's very it's, exciting, and and in some ways, I mean, I would I would imagine it, it kind of elevated your status, maybe not the right word, but suddenly you're playing in front of forty thousand people. Yeah, right. And and I saw the videos of you. And if for those of you who want, there's some there's some compilation videos of Christian playing with uh, well with 
couple teams, but a yeah. lot of video from CD Fast. Yeah. Right. And um, you know, it 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 looks like any other Central or, or Latin American yeah. you know stadium with with a sort of a, a cauldron of fans. You yeah. Know, and it, it it's bumping there and whatnot. Uh, it's, it's a lot of pressure, right? On yeah. You. So did you feel nervous when you first, I mean, this is your first professional contract? Or? Yeah, no, I definitely, what I, everything in my youth in terms of soccer prepared me for it on the soccer part of it. But then when you get into the program, there's a whole different level because now you're, it's a grown man's game and they're men fighting for uh, paychecks, paychecks <laughs> prestige, uh, family. Yeah. And it just becomes a more, just, a, just, it's very aggressive world, very competitive. It's, it's very difficult, but in terms of the crowd, um, you know, something that helped me was the first half of the season, my paperwork in terms of my transfer didn't come through, which I came to find out that there was someone behind the scenes that the, the general manager didn't, mm -hmm. didn't think I was, uh, good enough. So he was like, what is the coach thinking? So he was withholding that paperwork, uh, from me to be able to play. So for the first half of the season, the first, there's 22 games in a season, the first 12 games, I didn't play them and because he, he and then the coach kept pressing i want christian i want i, I want to start him right. in his paperwork until they pressed him to the point where they got it done okay and then so i had about three months to prepare myself for my debut right so i was just training and training yeah. and watching and watching and watching and then the day that i was going to debut i didn't know because they were like we had about three. You don't know they, they when they do the lineups. They don't tell you like the day so, before you're going to be starting. Or? So that week they tried me with the first with the you know in the training grounds. I would train with the first team, and they have three guys that are under 21 that they have possibly lined up to play. So I was always competing against three guys, two guys. Mm -hmm. And so once I became eligible to play, he was trying to get me involved right away. And so uh, that day he was like, I don't know if I'm going to play this player or that player is between this player, but. Uh, he told me you might be starting come uh, you know come you're rostered but you might not but I don't know just come and so that day I was like man something tells me I'm gonna start I'm gonna start today yeah so I just got prepared and my debut game was actually butterflies were you uh, excited or like you're like I hope I don't screw up or, or were you like I got this I, it was it was literally like oh my gosh I'm in this already it's it, honestly the first the 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 day that like impacted me the most was when I was first rostered for a game so I was rostered for one game and I yeah. didn't play that game when I went out to the warm up and I saw the crowd, yeah. my heart kind of sunk because I was like, "Oh my gosh! Like, how well, do you play in front of this?" A lot of people. Yeah, it was a lot and, of people. And uh, did you call your parents or anything? Or did oh, they... my my parents have been like they they've been eyeing the journey every single step of the way to every yeah. training session. How's every training going? Especially my dad. And so, no, they were very excited. And it's on TV. They have a channel on Direct TV where they can watch all the games. So, okay. So they were able to watch. Oh, my in debut. Salvador. In El yeah, Salvador. yeah, I've seen that actually. Yeah, they have uh, down in Arlandria down here. Yeah, they have a lot of uh, Chiralagua. Yeah, yeah, Chiralagua. <laughs> they have a lot of. Uh, they have a couple places that that have a lot of the Salvadorian games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I I haven't gotten them, but uh, oh, yeah, I'm really sure they're fun to watch. But the uh, so um, going back to levels, how did you feel the level was at CD Fast compared to let's say the USL? Oh, so point? I think technically, um, in terms of quality, in terms of technique, skill. I think um, I think El Salvador, in terms of technique, it was much better mm -hmm. in terms of the passing technical style game. But I think overall, Americans are just more uh, they're more uh, tactically disciplined. Mm -hmm. They're I think just smarter. They know how to more use, physical maybe more I mean, physical. So they're more physical. I've heard. I mean, I hear the MLS is one of the most most physical leagues it in is, the world. I don't know. It is, know it maybe is. the Premier League or something. But yeah, it is definitely that it is. But I think American players and in the in the USL or MLS, they just know how to work with what they got and they know mm -hmm. how to maximize everything they have. Right. And the training is much, I would say, better with the top yeah. You coaches. mentioned the, yeah. You mentioned the, the facilities and the training and whatnot. It's a little. It sounds like a little. Not as well organized. No, maybe, no, in, in it's Salvador. Yeah, no, the facilities weren't organized. The training sessions were really good, but the, you know, the we train at our stadium, so it was okay. okay. But I mean, it was just it wasn't like American facilities where you've got luxuries. But you've had you got you had we had everything we needed. Yeah. What was yeah. the environment like living there? Yeah, so you were there for at least a year or two or something. Uh, two years it, and a half. Uh, it was nice because, like, I was living about three minutes from the stadium mm -hmm. walking and it was in a gated area. It was a gated apartment. Uh, it was a gated, uh, apartment complex. So it was really cool. It was safe. It was, yeah. 
But you okay. said the the pay sometimes was not. Oh yeah, the pay was a couple months months delayed or something. Yeah, so Foss has a they had a reputation for being one of the teams that struggles with paychecks. But they told me, hey, don't worry. When you sign, like we're not gonna have a, yeah. a problem with that now. Yeah. The first two, the first month and a half, was great. They were paying on time, and I was like, wow, this problem went away. And I wasn't even, and I was for the first time receiving my my first paycheck. So I was like, wow. And they don't tax you. Everything is. Uh, uh, there's no taxes there, so it was American money too because they have an American currency. So it was, it was so nice. L- let me ask you this: Would you, would you? I mean, I don't know if too many American players necessarily playing in El Salvador. Right. I, I don't know. It, 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 not even I mean Salvadorian Americans right. that may have connections back there. Right. But would you recommend it for, um, you know, a soccer player coming out of? college or coming at you know that, that's that's coming out of academy it just doesn't seem to have made it into the mls or some other would you recommend trying to go to a country like salvador to play um you know to, to sharpen their skills is it is it is it a difficult culture to adapt to i know i feel like americans who are not salvadorian american not yeah I'm saying, but americans that that you know they struggle sometimes in, in the central american countries yeah. to play soccer you know when we play them in matches and yeah. i don't know whether or not it would change or be different if they went down there and were part of the, that culture. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes complete sense. I think it would be a good move if the player is willing to uh, sacrifice a little thing. But I think it'd only be worth it to go to the top five big clubs. Right. Anything below that, I think it would be just culturally and environmentally would just be too difficult because it's 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 difficult. There have been some Americans, uh, Salvadorian Americans in uh you know, some African Americans, mm-hmm. some uh, Haitian Americans, a lot of people with American influences that play there, and, and there's actually an ex under twenty three national team player okay. of the U S national team that plays there. Two of them, okay, that uh, that play there in one club, uh, Santa Tecla, which is a, a big team that plays in Concacaf. So they both play there. So there is it's it's growing. It's a league that's growing, but I wouldn't recommend it for some, for any team that's, uh, if below the first, below the first, first three or four. Yeah. Maybe five. Yeah. That's kind of like some of the, like the Scottish league. It seems like some of these other leagues, they have like two or three teams that are really competitive and then it drops off quickly. Yeah. It, same with Denmark when I yeah. was there and it's yeah. well probably the Netherlands. Uh, yeah. It, it, um, well, okay. What well, I was just curious about the environment down there. Yeah. But, yeah. And then you, one Slobos, that was another team down there. Yeah. I was, was uh, yeah. So what happened was at my last, this was probably so my first year at Foss went phenomenal. It was a great year, the greatest year of my career, I would say to this day. It was I was playing, I was doing well. The coach was on was on my side. Everything that I could have wanted to go for me was going for mm-hmm. me. Then after we didn't win the championship, we made it to the final my first year. So my rookie year, I was able to play in a championship game in front of like nice. sixty thousand games, nice. and I started. Yeah. 60,000 60, fans, excuse me. And so it was just the biggest platform. Everything went well. And so the coach, because we play at such a big club like Foster, like the Man United of uh, of El Salvador. So if we don't win a championship, the coach is sacked. Yeah. Um, I was... That, that's awesome, though. I, I, sorry, yeah. I was... I actually realized... I don't think I ever actually mentioned this in the beginning, but I wanted... You're, you, your role, generally, is an attacking midfielder. Yeah. Correct? Do you play a number 10? Uh, number 10 you... or sometimes a, a number 8, like a holding mid. Okay. It depends. Attacking and holding mid. I prefer now a little bit of a holding mid, you know? Okay. In, 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 it's in, easier? Or, in, the United, or... in, the, like, in the United States, because you get more on the ball. Right. But hey, you, you get back, pick it up. You yeah. Get some good, yeah. good passes. So, yeah, I agree. And you get more of the ball, and you can go up as well. But when you're a 10, it's like they don't like for you to drop two back to get right. the ball because then you're too far away from the strikers. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah but, sorry, I just wanted to – I realized we hadn't talked about your actual oh, skill position. position. People yeah. who, who don't know who you are necessarily That's might, might want to know that. So, sorry, That's it comes true. late in the, oh, no in worries, the podcast. No um and then, and then, so you went on to, to Tulsa. So after yeah. you left, did, did your agent get something? So what happened Tulsa was, or? it was honestly, it was, a, this is why this career is a, something that it's, it's, it's honestly unpredictable because I was at Foss. Then the next season I got dropped down to the reserves mm-hmm. because they're, I was training with the first team, but their, their coach that came in because uh, I came from the United States, you know, it's something that they don't tell the prejudiceness sometimes in soccer being an American abroad yeah. can affect because I was El Salvadorian, but I was also identified as yeah, an American. Yeah, no, I can imagine. That, I've heard that a lot of people talking about that. that yeah. That the Americans have, there's a certain stereotype that goes yeah. around. Yeah. 
maybe I feel like now it might be starting to change it's a little because we've had we've had several obviously young Americans go over to Europe and do yeah. quite well and and more on the way it seems like mm-hmm. but you know yeah we won't go it's, back to it. obviously it was like Dempsey and there was a few others that yeah. seemed to you know break through but the, for the most part I think Americans are seen as sort of a I've heard a lot of people say if if you had a chance to get a Ghanaian uh, professional or an American professional for the same price doing the same job, they take the Ghanaian. Yeah, you know, uh, just because it's a bigger soccer culture. Yeah, you know, it's, or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And they don't. They think also that we're sometimes we have such a good life. We have it so good. We've had right. it so great. Right. So the coach and we know, don't bleed it. And like, we don't bleed exactly. And it's like no, yeah. we we go through the same struggles in different ways. But it was tough because he. He didn't. Ro- he wasn't rostering me. Dropped me down to the reserves, and he told me, you know, that he thought that I needed to learn and appreciate that and fight a little harder in terms of like, you had a dream first year. That's yeah. not normal. Like, you need to learn that you need to work and you need to work for what you have. And it was nothing based on my talent. He basically said like, "Hey, I want to humble you a little bit, sure, and bring you down to earth." Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, but Tulsa turned out to be. Sorry, jump back. Like, yeah, yeah. Tulsa, Tulsa turned, turned out, out to be a good experience. Yeah, Tulsa was great. I honestly, I was playing. I have to own own say Lobos. I had to drop down there, mm-hmm. and it and and that was a second division team. And so I was playing second division in El Salvador because the team I wasn't playing in Fosso, I just, it put me on loan. So my career was on a. I came back to America in faith, like, okay, what's going to happen? I don't know. I'm just hoping right. for something good to happen. And then thankfully Tulsa picked me up and, and, and literally rescued my career and my, right. cause I came back to the U S with nothing, you know, and, 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 and Tulsa picked up my, picked me up, you know, an agent that I hadn't talked to in years. Yeah. Uh, messaged me like Tulsa's looking for a player in your position. I recommended you and the coach wants you and is interested. Yeah. He signed with me and we got the deal and I was like, okay. Yeah. And it was a miracle, honestly. It was a miracle. Cause you know, I, one thing that's refreshing is I like your honesty. Yeah. Like, I mean, a lot of people would say, oh, I I'm, I was desired or they really wanted me or, you know, right. but you're very honest about the way your career has gone. No, a like lot of people it's, will not tell you that, but it's right. how it works with many, almost every player, you know, even players that are in the MLS. It's, it's, they have a great year in the USL, their agent presents them and he presses and he presses and they're like, okay, we'll take them sure. this year. You know, it's, it's, it's how it works, but people don't know this. And it, I didn't know this as a kid either until you actually live it and, and you talk to your teammates and they tell right. you the same thing. And so it's, right. it's a learning experience. Well, we're good. I, I wanted to jump. I was going to, at some point we're going to have a quick break here yeah, and then yeah. we're going to talk about the U S Chile game and oh, the yeah, status yeah. of the U S for a couple minutes. But oh, uh, I, I did want to ask two, two sort of questions. So who is the most talented player you've run up against? Would you say you had to pick one? I'm just curious who you know Play, uh, played with against. or against well, again. I'd say against against someone that, that when he got the ball, you feared it sort of. If you especially if you were doing the attacking mid, well, I don't know. You uh, may not have had to deal with it as much as a defender would, but right. Um, oh. Hmm. I would have to say um, there is this player that is a Chelsea player. His name is Charlie Musanda. He's on loan. I think now playing in Celtic. Okay. Uh, What's his name again? Charlie Musanda. Okay. Uh, he's the type of player. He was playing at Enderlecht when okay. we, I was playing at Groningen, and okay. we played them in an international tournament. This player was ridiculous. Every time he got the ball, he'd like to do a quick move. He was small, quick, sharp, technical. Yeah. And so, thankfully, you know, I didn't have to defend him, but I just didn't want him, you know, to <laughs> yeah, come close. Because he's that good. Yeah, he, he was, was that quick. He, yeah, that he was that quick, technical. you know. He was technical. So, it was just like he would do something I'll clever. have to look him up. I, I, to be honest with you, I haven't heard from him. What, yeah. what nationality is he? He's from Belgium. Belgium, he's, okay. He's Belgium. He's, he's a Nike athlete. He's, he's one of, he was one of Belgium's most promising And he was talent. with Chelsea, and now he's playing with, he's on, with he's, Celtic? He's with the, on loan from Chelsea. He's a Chelsea player on okay. loan at Celtic. Is he the same age as you? Or? Uh, yeah, he's well, one year younger he may be 22 i'm okay. 23 right. yeah he was amazing yeah and then um besides yourself yeah who's one i think i told you i was going to ask you this earlier who's one or two or what are who are one or two players that are um up and coming that we should look out for that you've seen over the you know hmm. last year or so um, it could be somebody on you've just seen on tv that you think is is certainly somebody no i think um for sure, uh, the Griffin Yao kid that mm-hmm. there that just signed for DC United, right, right. Uh, who's now playing with Loudon. Who's now, now playing with Loudon. Right. I, I never got to play against him, or but I've been watching games and 
I know his family a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. I I grew up around the the age group of his uh of his oldest sister. So he grew up in this area. Too, yeah, he grew up in this area. You know where he went? Did he go to high school or um, around here? I think in, you know he's from the Chantilly area. Okay. Mm-hmm. But um, no, I think for for sure for him, it's is he's got that specialty, and he's got momentum, and right. so I think that's he signed his D, he's training with the first team every day. Right. And it's so only a I matter of time. It's only a matter of time, through. you know, for for him to break through. Um, what is he like 17 he's 16 16 16 so that's really impressive i think i think he's he's definitely somebody to watch and um i think another player there is um mm, let me see this is a good question of up and coming in this area this i haven't been keeping tab i know some nine, ten-year-olds that are really talented at <laughs> yeah. Lee Mount Vernon Soccer Club. I okay. know there's just a pool of them that are right that are there spectacular. But I do. There's this one. There's this one. Uh, Ar- she's actually from Arlington. Uh-huh. I used to help her. It's a female soccer player. Yeah. Her name is Sophie Castro. Okay. I think and, for, for me, I think she's if she, she, she's, she's she amazing. How old is she? And she's about fourteen years 14, old, and she's playing. Is she on she, the radar of any of the like the youth? She was on. She was on the. She was on the. She went to a youth national team camp. Okay. She was with the camps, but never made a team, a national team. But um, I think Sophie Castro. Uh, it's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time yeah. before she she becomes you know maybe the next big thing you know right. in college it, when she's at that age and i think she's a freshman now 15 14 15 but i, I was had the privilege to work with her her dad asked me to train her yeah, okay and try to implement some of the things and, and work on things and she's the most technical slash athletic uh dynamic dynamic what, what uh female soccer player play she's right a now? attacking mid and okay. sometimes plays as an eight or out on the wings okay similar to me but she's phenomenal i think it's it's breathtaking her work ethic her obedience yeah it's 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 one of the players that i'm like wow i am very that's awesome proud. that's a lot of praise yeah right? yeah no she's great i'll she's great. try to look at try to look her up somehow or yeah no, watch a game is she playing with the club right now i think know, she's at braddock road okay i think she's they playing. have a good history they have a great players. history yeah <laughs> yeah um, I I played for Alexandria when oh, I was yeah. back, and we Braddock Road was always a dominant team we'd run up against. When we return, I chat with Christian about the U.S. men's national team. All right, we're back, and so. Uh, I, I wanted to talk to you a little about the current U.S. national team and, and the, the status uh, right now of them. Um, we just uh, we're recording this uh, what two nights after the yeah. the USA Chile game yeah. and in their rebirth after their big disaster of not yeah. making the World Cup. So um, I, I just want to get your overall thoughts right now. And I got a couple questions. I think, yeah. but but what are your overall thoughts on Burhalter and the current direction after three games? Or was it four games? Four games, I guess, right. uh, uh, with him as a head coach. No, so I think he's – so three games. I think he's won three games and tied one, tied right? One, right, right. So I think he's off to, I think, one of the best starts, as they've said. I think almost the best start, I think. And so I think personally, I think it's moving in the right direction with with the knowledge that he has a certain style of play and a philosophy that he sticks to, and he's looking for players to fit that system. So I think like from an organization and a like team standpoint, I think he's putting it in the right direction. So I think he's the guy that I think either he's going to take us to have great results or we're just going to sink at it right. to an even deeper hole. I don't think it's going to be like in between like Bruce Arena was or right. or Klinsman that was sometimes good, sometimes bad. I think for him it's either we're going to be phenomenal in a like a world power or we're just going to sink. Right. So I think it's interesting because um, I, I think he's 180 degrees different than Klinsman. Yeah. He has a plan, which something it seems like Klinsman never did. Right. Uh, he has a plan. He actually talks about it before the games, which is, un- I don't know if it's unusual around the world, but certainly unusual for the more recent U.S. coaches. He'll actually come out and say, we're going to do this, or we're going to play these players well ahead of the game. Um, and, and so it's nice to see someone, I believe, yeah. with, with a plan. Um, cause I was not a fan of Klinsman, I'll yeah. be honest with you, uh, from, from early on. Yeah. Um, but, um, his, so I, I, you've seen, he has a, 
it's interesting because he's played he's won three games, but again, the teams that he played were not all that great. But he did implement a new sort of system. Yeah. This this right back uh, Tyler the, the the Nick Lima role as everyone yeah. seems to be calling it. But now that Tyler Adams played it um, uh, in the in the game against um, Ecuador, Ecuador, yeah. Um, what do you think of that system? Have you ever seen that before? Something you've yeah, I mean he's a. Uh... He has a lot of influence from the Dutch, um, He from the Netherlands, I think. Uh, do they do that over there? They do that a lot. I mean, I know what he's doing is he's uh, he played in the Netherlands, and mm-hmm. a lot of his influence comes from Dutch soccer, and they're very strategical, and they play that. They spread the two center backs, spread out the right left backs, go up, and they their spacing, the way that right. he has the team having their spacing, it's completely a, a Dutch-styled team modified into like an American, uh, with his American-style uh, touch to it. So right. it's... It's definitely creative, and it's definitely a good system. And it's it's he wants to play between the lines, and he wants players in better positions. And he's working a lot on spacing. And and I think he's, in terms of the brand of soccer that he wants to play, I think if the U.S. can master it, it will be very successful. Sure. So the uh, I mean, from watching all four of the games, obviously the, f- the first three games with that system, they did look very dominant over yeah. these teams, which is great to see because the reality is. Most of them, with the exception of maybe most of the teams we're going to run into in the Gold Cup and the CONCACAF tournaments, with the exception of Mexico, are going to be right. probably along the same level as several of these teams. Yeah. Um, and so um, it was good to see them, you know, see, see them sort of dominate. But, um, you know, it was interesting when they ran up against Chile. And this mm. is sort of, I had several thoughts about this um, in, in terms of the starting lineups, but they obviously didn't use the system that he had created for the first three games they they did a straight four back line at least yeah. for the most part and then they changed it up i think during the game um but uh th- th- you know they looked okay in the very beginning of the game obviously we got a goal and went up yeah but then it seemed like it seemed like it was almost right back to man the u.s is getting dominated here by another good south american yeah. team right. right they seemed like they were constantly scrambling to get the ball i know in possession wise uh chile had it a, a, a great deal more than the u.s did mm. um but they seemed to be scrambling they seemed nervous uncomfortable in the ball uh and, and these you know do you think at the skill level or what let me get your thoughts on why do you think that is in terms of mm. chile's just a better team are they just better players? Obviously, they have a couple of players that are playing you know, at big time yeah. clubs in in, in Barcelona Europe. and whatnot, yeah. uh, in other places in Europe. But yeah. um, you know, what what is it that makes that made Chile just so much more dominant uh, against the U.S. you know squad? Yeah, it's a it's a great question. It's something that I you know I always ask myself as well. Why are some teams able to do that? And some you know it's something that happens. I think the team is just, I think maybe they have just a little bit more quality. And even though, maybe not the Chilean team, the Chilean yeah. team, I think maybe they just have a little bit more quality because they can keep the ball or maybe they're just used to those situations more. Because in terms of, I think in Chile, they're very comfortable with the ball right. and they're used to play. They're just, it's a culture, their, their style of play that everyone plays that same style since they're kids. And, and it's where, like, I, you know, I, I struggle because. Um, one thing that I noticed is that they seem to press a lot during the game. Oh yeah, right. They 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 were, you know, we'd get the ball and they were all over us quickly, and we just couldn't seem to. None of the players, it seemed like most players, didn't seem to have the confidence to hold the ball for a second or try right. to beat their player. They would just pass it off as quick as possible. Right. And then, um, you know, we would eventually lose it because yeah. a bad pass would be made or something. So, um, you know, I don't want to point fingers at right. different players, but uh, it just seemed like they were just pressing and we were just not able to handle it. Yeah, I mean they're pressing, Chile's pressing is one of the best in the world. So, as I say, a good pressing is almost impossible to get by. Almost. I mean, if you have that special if everything goes perfect to break a perfect press uh pressing, you have to have a perfect sequence of possession and sometimes that's hard, you know, but I think the biggest problem with the US I think is the being comfortable on the ball and 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 I feel like in the U.S. we're all about always going forward, always going right. forward, like playing the ball forward. But I think sometimes an extra back pass or two will reposition everyone to be in a better position. And I think it just comes to little things. But I think Chile is just a stronger team. But sure. U.S. definitely has the potential and has the players to be. 
Well, and that's and that's one of the things that was frustrating. I think is that we put a much better lineup out against Ecuador, if you ask me, in terms yeah. of the, the, the players, the center backs. Uh, you know, you had Brooks, and yeah. um, now I'm blanking on the guy from the Red Bulls. Uh, Reem. No, Reem. not Reem. Well, he was on the field, but it was. Uh, I can't think of his name. I don't have it written down. Uh, maybe it'll come to me. Yeah. But you had uh, Tyler Adams. You had uh, Pulisic. You had uh, West McKinney for McKinney. a little while. Yeah. Um, you just seemed to have a, a, a better lineup. Uh, and I don't, really, I don't know about the Will Trap, Michael Bradley. I feel like they're still somewhat even. Yeah. Uh, it seems like maybe Trap's getting a bit of the edge at this point for yeah. some reason. But um, I just feel like, especially the center backs, with I, you know. I have not seen anything recently out of Gonzalez to make me think right. he's, he's earned a spot back in the in the lineup. Yeah, and and Tim Ream has kind of been sort of slipping too as mm. well. I, he keeps getting called in. That was one of my questions to you. Were you surprised to see some of the people that were called in? But yeah. but my point is is they put out a better lineup against Ecuador and then put out a weaker lineup against Chile and including the the, the keeper. I think Sean Johnson was actually a much better keeper yeah. than Horvath, especially with his feet. I don't yeah, know, he's a friend yeah. of yours, uh, Horvath, yeah. but I feel uh, like Johnson plays a little better with his feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's definitely, I think, the in the style that coach the coach wants to play, I think a keeper with better feet is more solid and more right. um, makes the players feel more comfortable because they are a possession-style team. So I think it helps, you know, and... and the goalkeeper situation right now is very tough because a lot of good keepers competing for that number one spot. Let's move on to, I guess, were there any was there anybody that you would like to see get called in the U.S. national camp that that didn't get called besides yourself, of course. Oh, uh, well, myself, I see myself way out of the the picture right now at this moment, but you never know what can happen in soccer. But there's a player, old uh, friend of mine, not just because he's my friend, but because he's doing really well. He plays at Malamo, Roman Gal. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, he's a Virginia native as well, Northern Virginia native. And uh, I think that, you know, the level that he's playing at, I think he deserves a shot. He got know? called in once. He got caught in a couple times, but I just don't think they've given him the shot that he deserves. Okay. But I definitely think he's a he's player. He's a winger. He's a winger. Mistaken, yeah. I think he's a player that deserves the opportunity, deserves um, to be called in. Um, I, just a lot of quality in what he has. Do you think he's, let's say, better than someone like Ariola, or? Uh... I think Ariola's maybe a little bit more reliable. I think he'll give you. Uh, what about? Uh, go ahead. More consistency. I think he's, but I think Roman has that quality that can change a night in one second. You right. know. I haven't seen enough of him. I, right. I have seen he was he did get called in and was um, used under Dave Sarek. Yeah, I David Sarek. And and he did a couple. He got one shot, as I recall, maybe yeah. two, but one. Yeah. And he, he looked okay. I don't know. It's he tough. needs he, more time. Yeah, yeah he, he yeah, came yeah. on as a sub, I yeah. think, and he, he didn't get that much time. Uh, what about compared to, like, Jordan Morris or someone? So uh, I definitely would. My preference, I would take someone like, um, yeah, I would definitely take um, Gall over Morris. Gall over Morris. Morris is a great player, strong. I played against Morris as well a couple times. Okay. And, he was he was great. He and was a fast. good player. He's fast. That's, he's that's so fast his, and he's he's technical. Attributes. And so he's good. But uh, other than Roman, I think um, I think uh, there's a let's see who else is out there that should be that I think should be called up. What about Jonathan Amon? Have you seen much of him? I haven't or? seen much of him. Um, there's um, there's there's got to be some guys in Europe that come into mind. Uh, there's a there's a guy that's at Ajax right now a little that's, that's uh, Sergio Dest. Yeah, I yeah. think you know those guys. Yeah, he's that, definitely gonna get a shot at some point. It sounds like he's only seventeen. I think. Yeah, seventeen. So I think yeah, no, he's 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 definitely a, a guy that you know deserves a shot. And honestly, the guys Tim Tim Way, I think that we should see a lot more yeah. of. Um, and probably Josh Sargent at some point. Emerson Hyndman, I feel, should come back in as well. Yeah, what has happened to him? Yeah, I it's, mean, it's tough. He should. He, I know he's a, you know he's with Bournemouth still, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. So he gets loaned out, but I feel like he should just find a, ah, a, a different club. I know. He, he gets loaned out and then he comes back, but he doesn't play. Right? Yeah, it's it's tough. Another midfielder that I would love to see is, uh, which is a friend of mine as well. I still keep in contact with him. Is Gideon Zalalem? Okay. Yeah. Uh, he just signed at Sporting Kansas City. That's right. This week. I know he came back. 
And so I think that's a guy that for sure needs to be out there, you know, because the quality that he has uh, yeah. is, is So amazing. this is a great – this is something like – so he first came on the scene when he got picked up by Arsenal. He was yeah. in Rockville, right? Yeah. Uh, and and which there was a whole interesting article about that team that he played on. Only, that, yeah. that club yeah. and, and yeah, the only. coaching on that club, which, which we can go into another time. Yeah. But he gets picked up at Arsenal. Uh, I remember going and watching some videos of him – I don't know if they were youth videos now or whether it was at maybe playing at Arsenal a little bit, but he looked fantastic on the ball. Yeah, I mean, just the quality. He was super tidy. Uh, he made fantastic passes. And I scratched my head at why hasn't he gone further? Yeah. I mean, what you see these videos, but yet he makes it to another level and he can't seem to... I mean, I understand maybe not breaking through with Arsenal, but he went up to Rangers, I believe. Yeah. And I think he did okay, but then he starts not getting... He's not starting. He's suddenly... There's something about him that... Yeah. That... that is is, yeah. is 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 holding him back and i i don't know what it is i'm it's just kind of curious part. if you if it's you... the sad part about the career where it's one bad decision i think he i remember the director arsenal's youth director was dutch and wanted him to go to vvv vinlo mm-hmm. and uh, a second division team to get like unlimited playing time just a lot of playing time i think he should have gone maybe to belgium to spain instead of going to a team in the second division in holland cuz Holland has a culture where it's like their uh, seniority is very important. A guy that's been working, right. they, okay. they reward, they're very just regulated, yeah. regulated. So, yeah, I think he should have gone to a place like Belgium, Spain, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Did he have those options, you think? Or? Yeah, I mean, he, he was a big talent, you know, and yeah, I, he's I got top, you know, he's got, uh, he's one of the top agents. He could have gone that direction, but the director was suggesting go to here. It might be good for you. He went there, didn't play much at a second division team. Yeah. And that's where everything went downhill for him. And then he got injured in that. And I feel like that's with Emerson, Emerson Heinemann too. He's yeah. sort of done the same thing where he seems like he's doing well. Then he just sort of drops out. And, and yeah, it's, it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. And playing with Emerson as well in the youth national teams, playing with Gideon uh, growing up, uh, you see those guys and they've got the quality. They've got everything, you know, and, and, and it's just, Hopefully, you know, they, they can get back on track. Because I would like to see guys like Emerson, Gideon, uh, Weston McKenney, Tyler Adams, those type of players playing in the midfield. Yeah. Know? yeah. And Roman. We'd, we'd be know? a solid midfielder. That yeah, yeah. Really it'd solid. Be, so. It'd be great. Well, let's hope they can all progress to a level that, yeah. that they'll, they'll get there. And I, I sure. look forward to seeing um, uh, Gideon at, uh, yeah, sporting at, at Sporting KC. Yeah. Maybe that'll reignite uh, his career. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know for sure his, he has that in mind. He wants to get on the U.S., speaking to him he wants to yeah. get on the national team that's why he came back he wants to well you got a playing time or, yeah he needs to fight for playing time and get on there because i know he wants to to play with the u.s yeah unless you were unless clinton's still the coach because he used to talk about that he would say well you got to be playing for your club and, and that's really important and then he would pull people who literally aren't playing for their clubs i know yeah. that happened several times where yeah. he pull people into the camp and they haven't played in in weeks in weeks if, if yeah not even longer yeah he he was a, a special case <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway well christian i i appreciate you taking the time to talk to me and um uh thank you again and we'll have to do this another time for I, sure I, i'd love to have you back on no i would love and to. to hear how your trialing is going especially if you make it to belgium maybe it'll be a phone interview next yeah time. maybe I'll have to set that up but anyway thanks again and uh we'll chat another time all right perfect thank you I want to again thank Christian for being on the show, and I hope you all enjoyed the interview as much as I did. I look forward to catching you all next time on the Jackson City Social Club.